0: listening to the Good News Project tell podcast with Matt like Jackson. Me, yeah. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson.
1: tell me that you like it.
0: Welcome to the Good News Project Podcast. So glad you are tuning in yet again. My name is Matt Jackson, and I definitely had to get some thoughts on the big news story late last night, early today, that the Houston Texans have a new head football coach. His name is David Cully. And I've seen so much reaction and feedback On this particular hire from fans and from the media and certainly from NFL executives and all different uh, parts of the universe. But I definitely wanted to dig in on this from a coach's perspective because I have a lot of blind spots when it comes to giving an opinion on the hiring of a head coach. Blind spots that existed before I myself was put in the position of being a coach, and I think we could all uh, value from the experience of other head football coaches. And that is why I am so pleased to have as my guest on the podcast today the head football coach at Foster High School in Richmond, Texas. My good friend, Mister Sean McDowell. Sean, how are you? Hey, good morning, Matt. Good to hear from you, man. I'm to get your thoughts. So the Texans hire. Um, a, a coach. He uh, has 27 years of coaching experience. He's never been a coordinator before, um, and he's never been a head coach before. And he is, he's 65 years of age. And, I, you know, a lot of people are bringing up the age component. And man, I, look, I, just to me, different people are wired differently. I'll be, I'll be honest and say, that if I am coaching when I'm 65 years old, probably something has gone wrong in my life because I sure hope that I can retire by the time I'm like 62 or something like that. But uh, you know, what? How much of a factor for you if you're looking to hire a coach? How much would it matter to you whether somebody has been a coordinator or not, or do you feel like? There are so many different approaches to being a successful head coach that there isn't necessarily one, one way to get there.
1: I think the traditional way and the traditional thinking is that you climb your way through the ranks, you know, a position coach to coordinator, to maybe, you know, assistant head coach, or you you share both of those titles and then you become a head coach. Um, maybe he just, hadn't had the opportunity or didn't want, I think 27 years, I think was in the NFL. That's, that's pretty good, man. You know? And then I think if you, I started reading his biography a little bit last night, um, well loved by coaches and kids or not kids, but like players, right. Well loved by, I don't know necessarily we've had that at the Texans, right. Um, that was with Andy Reed uh, at the uh, Eagles and the chiefs. You know, he has to be at the Ravens now, which, people can say all they want like but they're pretty good and they have a really good quarterback and some really good receivers too you know so I don't know I think the jury still a lot of it I think uh, the the military guy me the football coach me obviously would want to see the steps right I mean um, as a coordinator you're in charge of the room you you know in charge of the offense making play calls um, but you know if he's got if he's got something that it factor um, I don't necessarily need think you need to have all the steps to be a great leader in the sense of men like you need to have as a head football coach because I think he's more of a manager of coaches and players than he would be an X's and O's guy. You know, where I think with Bill O'Brien, you had the X's and O's and then he was learning how to manage the people, you know.
0: How, how challenging is it for you as a head coach to let your assistants – do their job on their side of the ball. You know, you, you have some coaches that want to call the plays on offense, some head coaches that want to do that. You have some head coaches that want to call their defense. For you as a head coach, how do you struggle with, I need to be involved with both meeting rooms, I, I need to be involved with both sides of the ball versus, you know, this is where my expertise is and, and ultimately, my, my head is on the line here, and so I want to be involved. How do you struggle with that?
1: Well, you can't, you can't do it all. And as a head coach, it's your responsibility to find great people, let them coach, and, and manage, but not, not micromanage, if that makes sense. So you have to find people that you trust to do their jobs and let them do their jobs. Um, so I'm an offensive guy. So I'm a little bit more heavily involved offensively as a head coach. And I, I let my defensive coordinator, my defensive staff, uh, you know, formulate the game plan and really kind of that's their baby. I oversee it. I know what's going on. Right. But I don't necessarily, I'm not in the room game planning with them. I watch the film, but I'm not the one saying, Hey, we need a line up to this. We need to do that. Um, my advice to coaches is that you have to do what it is that got you that job. <laughs> so, if you're a defensive guy, then you probably need to stay defensively and hire an offensive guy to run it. You know, uh, me, I'm an offensive guy. So I I trust my defensive staff uh, to be able to do it. And then we all work together, special teams wise. Um, Really, it just don't go to the other side of the ball that you're not comfortable with that got you the job. So I'm an offensive guy. So I mean, that's what got me the job. So I don't spend that much time defensively because I want to make sure we're good offensively but
0: John uh, yeah, McDowell the head coach at Foster High School we're discussing the Texans hiring of a new head coach his name is David Cully the formerly the assistant head coach and wide receivers coach for the Baltimore Ravens and the Ravens are an interesting model in the sense that Cully's head coach is John Harbaugh he was a special teams coordinator, but didn't necessarily have a background on either side of the ball. And he certainly makes game management decisions and he certainly sets the tone for the players, but he's not calling either side of the the ball. And you can't argue with the success that the Ravens have had uh, under his regime. And it sounds like, um, you know, whether or not you believe Cully can do the job or not, I do like he hired, there, it appears they're hiring Levy Smith as a defensive coordinator. And, Sean, to me, there's a guy, he's been a head coach before. You know, he, t- he took the Bears to the NFC championship game with very little at the quarterback position. That's a guy that you know you can just give him the keys to the defense, and there's some experience that you can lean on from a head coaching standpoint. Do you think that's a that could be a valuable hire for, for Cully?
1: No question. Uh, he was, is a guy that he's able to lean on, a guy that's able to, who's been there, been there, done that, you know, not only as the head coach of Illinois, but as the Bears and had a lot of success. You know, I think Lovey Smith would give Coach Cully instant credibility because I think that's probably why Coach Cully is getting an opportunity because he has the connections. He understands how the game works and he's able to lure great established coaches to the Texas organization and that are going to be able to do the things that he's not good at you know, or the things that he lacks or
0: experience in, you know, it, it being a pro coach, uh, you know, I would think that the benefit to being the uh, a head coach at the professional level versus a college level or a high school level is that to some extent, you can just immerse yourself in the football, you don't have to worry about selling tickets, you don't have to worry about recruiting, you don't, you, you know, he's not being asked to be the general manager, like the, the last head coach uh, get, you know, was and, and was, and, um, is there a, is there a free, is there freedom as a coach when you seem to have a more focused job description?
1: No doubt about it. Uh, I mean, you know, like from high school, I got to worry about, you know, teaching classes and, and all the other sports that go along, Other 19 other sports, you know, so it's football, but it's always not, it's always something else too. You get to college, yeah, it's football, Uh, But you're, it's either football or you're always recruiting, right? I think what's attractive about the NFL game is that it's only football, right? It's only football and finding guys that fit the system in and out, you know, and and so I think that's what's attractive. Some of the college guys that are trying to make that jump, you know, to, to, from college to pros, because you don't have to recruit anymore, (laughs) you know, And, and so now you just do ball all the time. And I think that's, that's super
0: attractive to coaches. And and uh, one of the huge kind of storylines for the Texans going forward is is how can whoever the head coach was going to be re-recruit their current quarterback Deshaun Watson to to stay in the fold and and I guess ultimately Sean, if no matter who your head coach is, um, if you have Deshaun Watson, you're going to have a, a pretty good fighting chance of being in a com- competitive football team. So in that sense. Um, the most important thing the Texans can do is to hold on to the quarterback, correct?
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, like quarterback will make or break you, but it's also proven in the NFL that you don't have to have a first rounder to be successful. You know, uh, you got to surround him with, key, with pieces, but if we don't start surrounding Deshaun with some pieces, you know, particularly O-line, and improve that defense, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be in trouble. It's be the same old thing.
0: Would you, you know. it would you as if you were the head coach or you were the general manager? Would it be Would it be a line in the sand for you where you're like, we cannot trade Deshaun Watson under any scenario whatsoever. Like, we got to force him to come in and play because we, uh, you know, do, do you set a you set a bad precedent if you allow somebody to to kind of force their way out or – and and you're like, I, I just can't envision my mind a scenario where we're a better football team if player X is not here.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I'm going to sign on that dotted line, you know, on the line to get that – to be the head coach, and then I'm, I'm driving to Deshaun Watson's house, you know, to let them know how it goes. I think they're going to try to probably keep Tim Kelly as the offensive coordinator or, or at least quarterback's coach, I think. I think Deshaun likes him a lot. I know there's been some discussion about keeping him, you know. um, But, yeah, you can't let a guy like that go. I mean, it's proven that he can can do some things that some other quarterbacks can't. He is that cornerstone that you want to build upon, no doubt. So I think that's going to be his first order of business right there.
0: In your opinion, is it easier to hide lesser talent in a defensive scheme or an offensive scheme? So if I'm looking at a roster where – we can only invest X amount of dollars because of salary cap restraints. Do you feel like as a coach, you can build a, 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 you can hide with the scheme better on which side of the ball do you think?
1: Um, You know, I really prefer to not hide anybody. <laughs> <It's just laughs> the NFL, But I think it's easier probably to hide guys on the offense, you know, because you could put a receiver out there and they have to cover them and then to open up things for the running backs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or, Maybe you really can't hide anybody at O-line, but if you did, maybe the center, you know, who can just snap, but he can always get help from the guards. Uh, Defensively, man, you you can't hide anybody defensively because you can get picked apart, whether it's a corner or a safety. You might be able to hide one D lineman, but you better have two good linebackers or three good linebackers behind them. So I think you can hide a little bit more people on offense, you know, putting them at wide receiver out wide or a slot because they still got to cover them. uh, But I would not try to hide anybody defensively.
0: I would imagine David Culley. You know, he's 65 years of age. I'm going to assume. I don't want to be uh, an ageist here, but I'm going to assume he's probably not on Twitter, and probably not on on social probably media not. a whole lot. Um, but, um, you know, I'm sure he's not tone deaf either. I'm sure that to some extent he's kind of surprised that he's what he's waking up and he's now has one of the 32 most prestigious coaching jobs in the, in the world of football. Yep. Um, how do you deal with the outside influences as a head coach? Because I, I think in particular in your situation, when you're the head coach at Willeridge High School and what an influential alumni base Willeridge has, and Willeridge is, has a history uh, from their beginning of winning state titles but realistically, you know, that school in that area has gone, undergone some radical demographic changes and, and, and areas change over times. And, but there's expectations externally, expectations internally. They don't always match one another. How do you as a head coach um, listen to it and tune it out at the same time?
1: Well, you got to get the stakeholders involved too. So you got to have parents involved. So the people say that they don't talk to parents or don't listen to parents that they're just not building the program. You know, you got to find a way that makes, makes the program, I guess, uh, lack of a better term, sexy for parents and kids that want to be there. You know, Willow Ridge has its own challenges because within like five square miles, there's like three schools, you know, they could go to Marshall, they could go uh, there's Dulles, there's uh, you know, Hightower Ridge point right there, you know, so that neighborhood has been chopped up and there's no, and there's not a big sense of community, like it was when they were really good in the early 90s, you know, and in, in, in the 80s. Um, had some runs there, ahead and there. But, you know, the big thing is that you just got to make sure that you have support of your administration uh, athletically and, and the building, school building, administration. You really got to have some good coaches that are sold in. You can't have a bunch of revolving door coaches because if you have revolving door coaches coming in and out, it makes it tough because it feels like you're starting over every year. You know, uh, and then really, you got to get those kids to get there and stay um, and, and really try to build them and develop them. But the hardest thing of it all, none of that will work if you don't win. So it's kind of like you can do all that right stuff and still not win. And, and then people don't think you're good enough, you know, so it's a it's a double edged sword, but uh it's tough. And then what we're able to do at Foster, um, we do have we have pretty much great support. We got great facilities. We got great coaches, but we've also had a uh continuity of coaches where I've had almost the same staff for the last eight years and we win uh, which was big uh, especially when I first got here in 2013 is that we were able to establish winning and make the playoffs and now we've won we've got to the playoffs eight years in a row we've been to the state semis you know we've had kids move on and go to uh, big-time colleges and NFL Uh, so um, a lot of that goes with just support you got to block out the negativity there's going to be there Uh, Like Coach Cully, people are going to think he's not good and people think I'm not good, but you just got to have the support in your building, have the support of your kids, and you just got to
0: keep going. Sean McDowell, head football coach at Foster High School here on the Good News Project podcast. How does David Cully sell that locker room on his game plan and his kind of what he's all about, um, given, you know, this has been a difficult year. Take football out of the equation. It's been a difficult year for everyone. Well, it's been a difficult year for them as a football team, Um, you know, fire, not having a GM firing a head coach. um, And, you know, beyond that um, new ownership, just all sorts of different things. How do you get them to buy into what you're about when you don't have the, the track record as a head coach?
1: Well, I think the thing about it is, it doesn't have. He might not have the track record as a head coach, but he has, he has the, um, he has the coaching chops, right? You know what I mean? So, twenty-seven years in NFL, um, you know, he has it. So, what he's gonna do? He's been around good coaches. Now, he's never been the head coach, but he's gotta. Be, he has been around it. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, and the numerous other coaches that he's. Been, RC Slocum been back in Texas A&M he's going to go in there and he is going to be a conglomerate of all those guys, you know, and he's probably going to go in there and he's going to sell himself. He's going to show himself. So not only is he going to talk it, but he's probably going to walk it. He's been coaching NFL guys for 27 years. So it's not like this is going to be brand new to him. The problem, the difference is he's going to be the main one everybody's looking at now, you know, so, but I don't think what he's about and as a man, and what he's about as a coach is going to change because he's going to be out there in front. So he's got to, Set the expectation. Show the expectation. He's got to also live the expectation. I think when those guys realize that and they see that he's also he's doing what he's preaching, I think it'll be easy for him. You
0: know, if I allowed you to buy stock in Deshaun Watson for the next ten years or Trevor Lawrence for the next ten years, and you know that you could get the number one pick if you're moving Deshaun Watson, are you keeping the known quantity or do you like the upside of the younger guy?
1: It's the NFL. <laughs> so <'cause laughs> I think the answer, the question would be now for me, would be like, what do I get for Deshaun? You know, because <laughs> do I get that first round pick and, and, uh, and defensive players, or do I get, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the NFL is a business, right? It's a business. How are we going to win so we can put butts in the seats, sell jerseys and stuff of that nature? Fans are fickle, right? I mean, they, they love Deshaun, but you know what? They love JJ. They love all those guys. There's going to be another one. There's going to be another one. Like, Deshaun is prime. You can move him and get four or five players and some draft picks. That might be what we need, right, the Texans need. But uh, I still don't think you, you take that bet. You take Deshaun and try to uh, build players around him, and then you go. But, nah, you don't take that draft pick. Not this year.
0: Keep All time. right. Last, last question before I uh, let you go here and I appreciate your time. So, you know, one of the things that I've been, um, uh, one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because I've, i and I wouldn't have felt this way five years ago before I started coaching. Um, gosh, it bothers me. You know, this should be like one of the greatest days of David Cully's life. I, I just can't imagine I me mean, 27 years grinding the the transient nature of being a, a football coach where you've got to move all around the country and um and, and and uproot your family and and to have it arrive and um and to 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 some extent collectively have it rain on on your parade um, can you kind of convey to people that don't understand the journey that a coach takes to reach the pinnacle at whatever level it happens to be, whether it's, you know, uh, cause I, you know, I, we have, we have so many friends that are grinding it out and trying to become head football coaches at the high school level. Um, just take us inside what it takes to have the persistence and the patience and the work ethic to get to the top and maybe what that means to an individual that maybe people that are not in the coaching profession would not understand
1: we well, are talking about a lot of time away you know if we talk about just his nfl experience you know if he's got 27 years in the nfl that is a career and some change right so that's 27 seasons that's a lot of players that's a lot of coaches um he has probably made so many relationships and been around so many things um he's missed so many birthdays and so many family times i mean He's probably lived all over the country. You know, I don't know his background, but you know, from the NFL standpoint, um, you know, he's probably been fired a few times. Like he was part of a staff that got fired. So you wake up on, uh, you know, you play that last game, and then you wake up on uh, Monday, and your your head coach been fired. Now you've been fired, and you didn't, you didn't even do anything. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, you get crucified in the me- in the media. You get praised at home. You get, you know, everybody has an expectation to win. Um, It's just different because you live in the public eye, you deal with things uh, that the only thing that people see is what happens on Saturday or Friday night, Saturday or Sunday, you know, um, and he probably working 80 hour weeks just just to get to Sunday, you know, like we do 45, we do 40 hours in the classroom plus another 2530 just to get to Friday night, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of preparation, a lot of sacrifice. And so people only see the tip of the iceberg. And so to have a guy that's been a tenured guy, like 27 years in the NFL, it's almost unheard of. Um, and so I've, I'm excited about it. So he's an unknown guy, but obviously he has a lot of success uh, just being in the league and probably has relationships that he needs to be successful in and the know how. But uh, to discount the fact that he doesn't work hard and the, that he was never head coach and maybe he's not a very good coach, I think that would be naive and, and ignorant. Um, to think that because i think he's a probably a great leader of men and uh we got to give him the benefit of the doubt because there's no doubt that he has worked hard and deserves this opportunity if everybody else is afforded the opportunity
0: i think i think that's a great way to to close this podcast with that good news right there got to give this guy a chance to uh, put his plan in place and 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 hopefully keep Deshaun on the fold and, and let the chips fall where they may sean mcdowell head football coach at Foster High School. Sean, man, I really appreciate your time and expertise, and uh, I'll see you at B Lunch.
1: Hey, yes, sir. Have a good one, man.
0: Have a good one. Bye bye. Right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir, brother. That was fun anytime.
0: Tell me something good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've been listening to the Good News Project Tell podcast with Matt Jackson. Me. To reach out to Matt with feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests, email goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Oh, baby, baby,
1: baby, yeah. Tell me